the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The God of Impossibilities. The God of Impossibilities. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is speaking about possessions and told his disciples that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? And in verse 26, we have Jesus' response. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So what prompted Jesus to say such a thing? The answer is that he wanted to show his disciples and us that what we think can be done is no challenge at all to God, for God can do anything, and he will make a way where there is no way. He can even change the physical laws that he created. In fact, in Second Kings chapter Uh, Chapter 6, the prophet Elisha and his students wanted to build a new campus. And so we pick up the story in verse 4 of um, 2 Kings chapter 6. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was chopping, his axe head fell into the river. Ah, my Lord, he cried, it was a bored axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water. Then the axe head rose to the surface and floated. So God made an iron axe head to float like a cork. He's a God of the impossible. If God says he will do something for you, you can count on it. He will do it. Is your God today a God of miracles? A God who specializes in impossibilities? The Apostle Paul believed in such a God. He uses all of Romans chapter 4 as a case study of the nature of faith. 
He appeals to the life of Abraham, the most important Jew who ever lived and perhaps the greatest human character in the Bible. Abraham's name is found six to four times in the New Testament, although he lived 2,000 years before Christ. In Romans chapter 4, 16 and 17, we read, Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who brings into existence what didn't exist before. It's a story of a woman who gave birth at the age of 90. If that sounds impossible, consider this. Her husband was 100 years old. Before you write the whole thing off as some kind of fairy tale, let me assure you that this story is true. This story told and retold by Jews and Christians across the centuries never fails to capture the imagination. An old man and an old woman, childless for decades, are promised by God that someday they would have a baby. Abraham responded with total honesty. He laughs out loud at the Almighty. When Sarah hears the news, she too laughs. How could such a thing happen? Twenty-five long years pass while they wait for God to keep his promise. Now, Abraham is 99 and Sarah uh, is 84. Surely they have hoped in vain. Suddenly when it seems like all hope is gone, God intervenes with an amazing announcement. By this time next year, you will have a child, Abraham. Somehow God imparts life to two tired, worn-out bodies And one year later, a son is born. His name is Isaac, which means laughter. Although the people at the Guinness Book of World Records didn't see fit to include the story of Isaac's birth, they should have because the story is completely authenticated in the Word of God. In the Romans 4 account, we discover four facts about Abraham's faith, which I want us to look at today. The first is that Abraham had faith in God's promise. Abraham had, had faith in God's promise. Verse 18. When God promised Abraham that he would become the father of many nations, Abraham believed him. God had also said, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars, even though such a promise seemed utterly impossible. The promise must have seemed incredible to a 75-year-old man with no children. 75 years is a little late to start a family, and even if he could, how could he really start a nation? The promise was clearly impossible. A pipe dream, a vain hope, 
wishful thinking by an old man and his old wife. But somehow Abraham found it within himself to believe what God said to him. If you go back to Genesis, you find that God repeated his promise to Abraham five times. It's recorded in Genesis 12, 13, 15, 17, and 21. It is as if God is saying, I know you find this hard to believe, Abraham, so I'm going to repeat myself until you believe it. Verse 18 in the NIV translation tells us how he did it. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. And the Cotton Patch Version says, he kept the faith even when the cards were stacked against him. It has the idea of hoping when all human reasons for hope is gone. When you think about it, there's only one way Abraham could have kept believing for all those years, for those 25 years. He was God-centered, not man-centered. His life had a vertical focus, not a horizontal focus. As long as he looked at his circumstances, he could find a thousand reasons to give up. I'm too old. Sarah, my wife, is too old. Nothing like this has ever happened. We tried to have a baby for years, and it hasn't happened. Our friends think that we are nuts. His only hope was to believe the promise of God. He did, and after 25 years of waiting, his faith was rewarded by God. You see, a person who wavers in his or her faith should not expect anything from the Lord, according to James. So, so look at James uh, chapter, chapter 1, 5 through 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You see, the enemy, Satan, will always get you to focus on your circumstances rather than on God's promise. See, when you make a statement of faith declaring that you are what you're believing God for, the first thing Satan does is to start asking questions and sowing seeds of doubt, saying, have you considered this? Have you thought about that? Do you know that what you're believing God for goes against what's happening in the world? The enemy may also ask, why hasn't God answered you yet? If God was going to answer you, he would have already done it. You see, in the Garden of Eden, the enemy came to Eve and said, well, Eve, God has said such and such, but have you thought about this? You see, if the enemy can get you to consider everything around you, he can get you to forfeit the promises of God. So don't just consider the situation or the circumstances. 
consider the promise that God has given to you. But the second thing about Abraham's faith is that Abraham's faith was based on the word of God. The word of God. This is always where faith meets the acid test. Are you willing to believe God even when the outward circumstances argue against it? Abraham was willing to do that. Where would he find any encouragement uh, to, to believe? From his friends? Forget it. From his wife, Sarah? She thought it was a cruel joke. From his father, Terah, he was dead. From his nephew, Lot? No luck there. Because while Abraham was grappling with God's promise, Lot was playing games down in Sodom. So where would he get encouragement? Not from any human being, living or dead. Abraham had no one to turn to for encouragement. All he had was the bare word of God. And that is always true of faith. And it is one of its most marvelous characteristics. Faith does not ask for proof. In a sense, it does not need proof. Faith is content with the bare word of God because God has all power in his hands. Here is a marvelous principle of the spiritual life. God wants to bring us to the place where our trust will be in him alone. Let me repeat that. God wants to bring us to the place where our trust will be in him alone. You see, he brings us to the place by removing all the human support. From time to time, we find ourselves in a position where no one but God can help us out. In that moment, our tendency is to panic. You see, when we get to the place where only God can help us out, we become excellent candidates for a miracle. Someone by the name of Jerry Hansen suggests that when we are in a crisis situation, we go through five stages as Christians. Stage one is, I know God will take care of me. It's when you start out. Then stage two is, not I know, but I think God will take care of me. And then stage three, I hope God will take care of me. And then stage four, there is no way God will take care of me. And then when you get to stage five, I don't know how we did it, but God took care of me. So this is always the final step. Somehow, some way, God took care of you. You got the job. You found the money to pay your, your bills. You forgave the unforgivable. And you battled back from the bottom, and now you are on your way to the top again. So how did it happen? You are sure of only one thing. God did it. You had nothing to do with it. You see, Hansen points out that in the really big crises of life, God always takes us all the way to stage four before he delivers us. Why? So that when he delivers us, he alone gets the glory. That's what happened to Abraham. God took Abraham to stage four. It took him 25 years to get there. And then 
he gave him a son. No way for Abraham to take credit. God did it. Uh, Number three, Abraham believed in the face of impossible circumstances. Abraham believed in the face of impossible circumstances. Note how verse 19 puts it. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. I love the expression, he faced the fact. It's in every crisis, you eventually have to face the facts head on. You can't run from reality. If it's cancer, then you have to face the fact. If it's divorce, you have to face the fact. If it's loss of a job, then you have to face the facts. See, you can never run and hide and stick your head in the sand because that would do you no good. Faith doesn't avoid the facts. Faith faces them and then reacts to the facts on the basis of the word of God. Faith doesn't say, this isn't happening to me. Christian science may say that, but faith doesn't say, this isn't happening to me. That's not faith, that's fantasy. Faith says, this is happening to me, but this is not God's final word on the subject. See, faith believes that beyond the crisis, a better day is waiting to be born. Faith believes that there is more than meets the eye. Faith sees things that are invisible to the natural eye. Abraham faced two unavoidable facts. One, his body was dead, and two, Sarah's womb was dead. On both sides of the equation, Abraham faced an absolute impossibility. On a human level, he was too old. To put it bluntly, Abraham was impotent and Sarah was four to five years past menopause. Unless God did a miracle, no baby would be born. Abraham faced that fact and decided to believe in God anyway. Number four, Abraham's faith was unwavering. Romans chapter 4, 20 and 21. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was absolutely convinced that God was able to do anything he promised. Amen. So we might sum up Abraham's reaction to this impossible situation in two ways. One, he didn't look for reasons to doubt God. And two, he praised God for the blessing before it ever happened. So many of us fail the test right here. When a crisis comes, we look for reasons to doubt God. All that inner pessimism comes out in the moment of crisis or difficulty. Some of us go right to stage four. There's no way God will take care of me. How much better to begin in stage five by praising God for his answer before the answer 
even comes. That is what Abraham did. You say, do you mean that Abraham never doubted? Not at all. Abraham was human. In fact, Genesis 17 says that when he heard the news that he was going to have a son, he fell to the ground and started laughing. And later on, Sarah did the same thing. It seemed like some cruel cosmic joke played on two old people to make them look foolish. Abraham had his doubts. That's natural. Who wouldn't? He had his doubts, but he didn't dwell on them. That's why we are talking about him today. Doubting isn't a sin. It's what you do with your doubts that makes the difference. You either fight through your doubts or you give in to them. Faith is always a struggle, always a battle, always a conflict. The point is, Abraham never doubted or wondered when God was going to come through with his answer to his promise. He may have doubted, but he never gave up or never gave in to that doubt. Abraham was 75 years old when he received the first promise from God. And he was 100 years old when Isaac was finally born. I wonder what he was doing all those 25, during that 25-year period. And um, I have an idea, but my time doesn't allow me to tell you all the things that Abraham could have done during those 25 years. It is possible Abraham believed and doubted at the same time because quite often faith and doubt are two sides of the same coin. God placed the story of Abraham in the Bible for, uh, for at least two reasons. One, so that we, would, we will know that God always keeps his promises. And two, so that we will never stop believing even though we have to wait a long time for God to answer our prayers. Someone says, faith is the capacity to trust God while not being able to make sense out of the situation. Abraham certainly did not understand God and his ways. He could not make sense out of how a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man could give birth to a child. But he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. The promises of God are nothing more than God's covenant to be faithful to his people. It is his character that makes these promises valid. If God says he will do something for you, he will do it. If you will remain steady and not waver in your faith. Or you may feel as if you are in the middle of a storm and your ship is about to go under. But keep believing. God will deliver you. What is it that you need from God? Refuse to focus on the circumstances around you or just the situation. Instead, thank God in advance for the victory that he's going to give to you. Then stay fully persuaded that whatever God promised, he is able to do.
and it will come to pass. If God can cause an iron axe head to float like a cork and a 90-year-old woman to have a child, God can do anything that he promises to do for you. In closing, let me say that without faith, one cannot please God. Without faith, one cannot receive salvation. Without faith, one cannot survive adversity. And without faith, one cannot obtain the victory. Faith can move mighty mountains. Faith can open blind eyes. Faith can unstop deaf ears. Faith can conquer hostile enemies. In spite of obstacles, faith marches on. In spite of opposition, faith refuses to quit. In spite of difficulties, faith carries on. In spite of adversity, faith stays with it. And in spite of problems, faith presses on. You see, faith can see the invisible. Faith can hear the inaudible. Faith can hold the intangible. Faith can obtain the inaccessible. And faith can move the unmovable. Faith in Christ can conquer all circumstances. It can defeat all discouragements. It can overcome all opposition. It can face all fears, stand all storms, claim all promises, endure all trials, bear all burdens, because the Bible has promised that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let us trust the God of impossibilities and we will discover how good and gracious and faithful our God is. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www. Dot pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. <laughs>